The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on a Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your afternoon for just an hour. We'll be here until 5 o'clock today, and that's pretty much how it's going to be for a while. A full court press scaling back to just one hour between 4 and 5, but uh, still trying to give you the the best insights uh, locally with what's going on. Um, and to the latest updates as well. So appreciate you tuning in and joining us, whether it's on 1390 AM or 106.9 FM or uh, streaming online, 1069thefan.com. Or if by chance you're listening to this uh, at a future date and time on a, on a podcast, we appreciate you doing that. You can always find all of our past episodes and shows on 1069thefan.com. But, Ajay, how was your day today? Same as the day before. Social distancing? And, uh, yesterday. And Got that down by now? So bored. Dude, I'm just dying. <laughs> Slowly. Dude, I even... um. Oh, what did I do? Oh, I was so bored. I was looking up, like, where are they now, artists? Like, I thought Cindy Lauper died. <laughs> so I looked her up in Wikipedia. Well, she's not no, dead. She's, she actually looks fantastic, too. Yeah. So, and then, like, Selena died... How many years ago today? So I was like watching some documentary thing on Selena. Dude, it's that bad. I'm watching a freaking documentary on Selena. It's a messed up world. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> no crap. Really? What gave it away? <laughs> a couple different developments today, though, that we can pass along. Uh, I guess first of all, our our daily COVID nineteen update. Uh, another confirmed case in Cache County. So seven confirmed cases in Cache County, seven confirmed cases in Box Elder County, uh, no confirmed cases as of yet in Rich or Franklin counties that we're aware of. Uh, latest details on CacheValleyDaily.com. Um, from the press conference earlier today, just reading one of those stories there that Craig Hislop put together for us on Cache Valley Daily, the state epidemiologist saying that there seems to be evidence that social distancing is working in the state. So keep it up. Good work. Good job. Um, It's kind of this um, interesting balance that people are trying to strike with practicing social distancing but still supporting local business. Uh, That that can be challenging. uh, There's probably some sense you just want to go climb in a hole and and stay there until this thing blows over. But at the same time, um, if there's opportunities to support local businesses the best that we can, we should, uh, because uh, those are our friends and our neighbors and they keep us all employed. So, um, But a lot of different businesses are adapting curbside pickups or delivery, online opportunities. So keep it up. Uh, so we, we want to stay positive. Um, and uh, you know, keep encouraging people to be smart. Don't be a COVID idiot. Don't uh, wow. Don't gather together <laughs> in large groups and do things you're not supposed to. But uh, keep up the hygiene, good nutrition, good sleep. Don't touch your face, which I'm finding often that man, that's a real bad habit for me. Yeah, usually I bury your hands in your face when 
we were about to work and you realized we have a show today. <laughs> what? Uh, hey, I have yes. a I think I asked you this already, but do we have a like a local barbecue restaurant we can go support? Local barbecue restaurant? Yeah, like if you wanted like ribs or something, do we have a local place that you can support? Uh, check out CashValleyRestaurantDelivery.com. Okay, That's cool. That's as good a resource as I can tell you. How do you spell? Oh, there it is. Thanks goodness you already looked it up once. Yes. I couldn't. Okay, so there's some words I can't spell the first time right. Restaurant, quarantine, uh, grief, or grieve. Lucidity. That's not even a word. You're making that up. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna play with you on that one. Extenuating. Okay, so yeah, I know how to spell extenuating. Oh, memos. Oh yeah, that's great stuff there. Ooh, nice. Stacked. What is stacked, dude? There's so many places I need to get to know better. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Look at all this. Look at all those freaking places, dude. When that first started, so Cash Valley Restaurant Delivery dot com, uh, that's something that our Cash Valley Media Group created in partnership with these local restaurants. And initially, there was only maybe ten. Now there's probably close to I don't know, AJ, you probably run the numbers there, but there's probably oh, close to two dozen, at least. Honestly, like at least. I'm gonna Continues be counting to here. grow. More people are discovering it. It's great service. Um, and they're they're helping each other out. It's really really cool thing, the way they've come together. And uh, hats off to uh, our technical staff. Thirty two places. Oh my god! Help make that happen. Thirty two. Thirty two. So there you go. <laughs> Order in lunch if you're a, a business that is still open, and you need a place to eat. Man, use one of those places. To deliver deliver to your house. Oh, by the way, Westside Cafe is incredible. I uh, I went there a while back. Oh my heck, that place was so good. Oh, I had an acai bowl there once. Oh, it's, it's really yummy. I didn't know Taco Times local. Shut the front door. That's well, cool. they're I mean local franchisee. Yeah, and uh, they're, I, they're yeah, part of this you. deal and partnering up for the uh, for the delivery that's going on. So yeah, it's good stuff. Oh it's man, awesome. stacked sounds like a good place to go tonight. Fresh pancakes. I am a pancake kind of guy. More French toast, but I can definitely do pancakes as long as there's chocolate chips in it. Otherwise, I'm sorry. Oh, man. I think I know I'm going to dinner tonight. Uh, actually, I'm a fan of the, I think they call it the stew. The what? If, in, for stew moral. It's <laughs> stacked. What is it? I can't remember off the top of my head. I just remember it was, <laughs> I had it once and it was really, really good. <laughs> can't even. <laughs> can't even remember. Uh, oh, man, that was stuff. Yeah, I'm almost, okay. Yeah, I got some good ideas for tonight and the next month. Hey, uh, speaking of, of uh, getting us through the hard times, Eric, um, ESPN made a wonderful announcement freaking sunrise early this morning that uh, the Chicago Bulls' Last Dance documentary, which was supposed to be airing in June of this year, has now been moved up. To April 19th. It's a 10-part series, Eric. That's a lot. 10-part series of uh, the uh, Chicago Bulls' last dance in... Uh, oh, where'd it go? Uh, 
of their last dance in the NBA Finals when they played the Utah Jazz a second time. Um, and with that, so the first two episodes will air on April 19th uh, at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And then they're going to wait a whole week and air episodes 3 and 4 at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Wait a whole week, air episodes 5 and 6 at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, May 3rd. And then May 10th, 7 and 8 uh, at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And then May 17th, they will conclude with episodes 9 and 10 at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And then after they have aired these, they will put it on Netflix for all to see. Really? Yep. That's interesting. Because Netflix was supposed to be the original producer or the original showcase of this documentary. And then, because of the coronavirus, and because <clears throat> they were going to air it during the uh, last period of, uh, um, of, or I guess during the NBA Finals, and so now there's no NBA Finals in June, like, you're going to be airing it during regular season games? Well, screw that. And so they decided to air it now, on April 19th. When, People... by the way, that is going to be, like, a, at least a hundred, I mean, at least a hundred million views. ESPN is well... going to get rates. People are starved for new sports content. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't I anything. I was so excited. It's how bad it is, man. I was like, yeah. I mean, they they started teasing this last this, year. This, uh, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year, man. It was last summer. I remember first seeing some commercials for it um, in December, I think. Yeah, dude, it was and last summer. They were teasing it like because they knew in in June it's kind of a quieter time for sports, and that would be a good time to provide a little bump. Well. As soon as everything started getting canceled, everybody started clamoring. Can we please move this up? LeBron James was the first to get out there and be like, move it up, please. So they've been working through uh, probably a lot of rights, details about who gets it and when yeah. to air and how it be I'm available. sure Netflix had that conversation with ESPN. So, uh, yeah, kudos that they were able to work that out. And uh, I can't and wait. To release like, there's never seen, there's never before seen footage in there. And I can only imagine that, like, the things that Michael Jordan has to say about Dennis Rodman, that Phil Jackson had to say about Scottie Pippen, that, I mean, in fact... When, what they had to say about the Utah Jazz. Oh, yeah, exactly, because that was, that was a brutal series for the Chicago Bulls. Look, they were, they were up three games to one, and people say that was a more easier series than 97. I almost disagree with you, because if you look at those games, they were physical. Like, the Jazz beat... The holy crap out of Michael Jordan, and I mean it. Uh, it wore them out. Uh, I honestly believe that the Jazz win that game six. Then we go to a game seven in Salt Lake City, and guess what? Michael Jordan gets his first loss ever in the NBA Finals. The Jazz are world champions. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. What are you talking? Are you think you think Michael Jordan would win game seven? I mean, I know we don't bet against Michael Jordan. I was going to say, it's Michael Jordan. I wouldn't bet against him. But we're talking, yeah, but we're talking about. He never lost a championship series that he played in. But we're talking about Salt Lake City, John Stockton, and Carl Malone on the other side. Oh, I know. I I was there. I was was able to go to that series. And um, believe me, that was a great Utah team. But they didn't have Michael Jordan on their side. I I think it would have been a great game seven. I think it probably could have gone to the wire. But. I mean, Michael Jordan was a he was a clutch. He was a gamer. He wasn't yeah. afraid of the big moment, and no. sometimes jazz players were. Okay, so some of the people in this documentary make me curious. Like, okay, I know Barack Obama is from Chicago, big basketball guy. Get it. 
Carmen Electra dated Dennis Rodman, I guess you have to do it, right? I mean, you got to get the side story to Dennis Rodman in 98, which, by the way, from the stories I've read, Dennis Rodman was a huge issue off the court for that team, like a huge issue. Oh, yeah. But before 90, like 97, 96, he behaved. 97, he was still toeing the line. 98, he just got out of control. Like, he was walking out. He'd be gone. They wouldn't know where he was at. Well, he got a private plane to take him to Las yes, Vegas. Yes, When they're, the, the games were, the, the, uh, the championship NBA was going on in yeah. Salt Lake because he didn't want to be in Salt Lake City. And he wasn't ready to go. And I think it was game one. He wasn't ready to go because he wasn't warm, and so he's riding a bike. Phil Jackson looks at the bench. I think Tex Winter told this story. Phil Jackson's looking at the bench for him and can't find him. And Tex goes out there, and Don or Dennis Rodman's like just behind the bench, almost near the tunnel, riding a bike. And Phil's like, what in the heck are you doing? Yeah, I mean, you can just tell the frustration. Well, and as you had noted, Dennis Rodman was in Vegas the night before. Flew back, got to Salt Lake City, made it in time for shoot-around. Might have been hungover. Uh, and yeah, so it was a huge issue. So I can't wait for these stories. I can't wait to see this documentary. We're talking about the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan. I'm sorry, Tony Jones. But we're talking about the greatest player of all time. And just the, the story and the distraction around it. I ugh, cannot wait. April 19th, as you said, we are starving for sports. April 19th cannot come soon enough. Uh, there's also news today that, uh, by an announcement by one city that may signal complications for the return of sports. Toronto has basically canceled all city events and permits until June 30th. So they're extending their shutdown until at least June 30th. Now, what does that have to do with what we've been talking about? Well, the Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, you know the NHL is in is involved there as well, so there could be problems if these sports leagues get going. If uh, Toronto is still in a shutdown, uh, and I think that New York is still going to be problematic. Ajay, I think we're going to get to a point here where um, the, if these sports leagues continue, they'll have to do them in cities that are not severely impacted, and uh, and do it there until things normalize in other communities. I think it's very possible that you could be having games in venues that aren't traditional professional teams. We talked about this the other day. What if the NBA chooses to finish out their season in Montana, North Dakota? I don't think it's likely. But finding somewhere in a setting that's, um, that has been not really affected a place where you can pretty much lock down everybody to keep them safe, to keep visitors from coming in and out. Uh, but I think it's becoming closer and closer to that kind of a reality that uh, that could happen. But here's the other thing, too, to be aware of. We talked about this just the other day, that the uh, sports leagues in China were getting ready to gear up again after having a long layoff. Well, hit the brakes on that. Brian Windhorst reporting today that that has uh, there's some disappointing developments in China.
The last two weeks, after a lot of optimism, we've had a series of setbacks in Asia, uh, where they've had success in uh, in tramping down the new cases of the virus, and so it's disappointing, uh, for sure. Especially as we look to the future of the NBA and pro sports here. There's leagues across uh, the world that are watching the Chinese and how they handle this because they are ahead of everybody in dealing with this virus. Chinese government, the um, the association of sport over there that governs all all sports in the country, has issued an order this morning, basically restricting team sports going forward. And this is a blow to the pro basketball's restart there. They'd already delayed it last week, and now it's delayed indefinitely. Um, from what I understand, there's just major concern about asymptomatic carriers of the virus. The CBA is telling their, their, their players today, after this order came, uh, it was a private order, it was not issued publicly, but obviously it became known within the league quickly. Um, they were telling them that they're still going to play. To stick with them, there's more than 20 foreign players, more than a dozen Americans who have come back and are in quarantine right now. Um, they say, hold tight, we're still going to play. So the question is, when? When do they play? If if they're so, still not playing in China, I think that casts a serious shadow over whether or not sports will continue in the United States for another two months. So, Eric, what happened? Did China just not – were they not truthful about the situation because they were pretty doggone optimistic? What happened? Well, I think there is some of that. I, I think that there's been a lot of criticism that China is not being honest about how severe coronavirus impacted their country and where they were in their own recovery. Uh, and so I think there's still questions about whether that league can continue. Um, I mean, they, they started shutting things down three months ago, four months ago. Uh, this really only impacted the United States for these shutdowns three weeks ago. So uh, we it hasn't peaked in this country yet. I think there's a, definitely a concern that even after it does peak, there could be a second wave. So... Ajay, I'm nervous that there may not be a resumption of play this summer. So, okay, so there's so much to kind of baggage in here. Um, the first thing, can I go back to the Toronto situation? They're saying public events, right? So if they played a basketball game in Toronto, like for the Raptors, could they pull that off or no? Are they saying no to that as well without fans? Well, uh, I think it's a fair question. They're, the story that I've been looking at, this is from... Uh, CBC, this is a national yeah, uh-huh. news organization work in too. Canada. Uh, they don't specifically say like uh, sporting events like the Raptors or, or the Blue Jays or anything like that. They're talking about like a jazz festival okay. and things like this that will be affected that were scheduled or their Pride Month, which is going to be in June. So those public events like that, okay. those are okay. going to be canceled. But if you hold them uh, an NBA game there, but you don't have fans, could that still take place? That's that's. I think there's still some question about that. Uh, what? And then going back to the NBA, I know that China had a setback, but why does that push us back as well? Well, I think it signals to the NBA and any sports franchise or sports organization that you have to be really careful about how soon you can really come back. I think they were all looking to China as, okay, look, they figured out how to get this thing under control. 
and resume play in some form or a fashion. But today, they're like, nope, sorry, we can't. We still have to wait. But why are we playing follow the leader? Just because it's affected them More. a couple of months ahead of okay. what happened in the United States. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So here's the thing then. I, Eric, I, I'm with you, man. I don't think we start playing basketball till July. Like, we're honestly, like, we're, we are trending in that direction at breakneck speed. If we're holding off this long, we're in trouble to get to see basketball in June. And in that case, I don't know if you can play the regular season games. Even if you shorten the season, Eric, you're still looking at September by the time you're done. Well, uh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, Stefan Marbury, he plays in China. Yeah. He's very well liked. Absolutely. He's China. A, he's like their. Yeah, he's a god there, man. He yeah, honestly is. They love him. Top guy. Um, here's some comments that he had to make about this uh, development in China. Some comments that he made today, earlier this morning. Well, right now, and it's looking towards the, the end of April, for sure in May, um, based upon what I've heard, um, because of the severity of it and how they don't want the resurgence of the virus to come back. So they're taking all precautions and making sure that everyone gets tested. I've, I've already been tested twice. So he's hopeful that end of April, maybe May, it could be resumed. That's China. That's optimistic. So uh, the way the way China's acting here, that's incredibly optimistic. So if we're to follow the model of rates of cases and coming down, when a sports league can resume, you're right, Ajay. The NBA, if it decides to continue, they may be playing games in September to finish out this regular season. And as we talked about yesterday, the biggest problem is, Eric, is that you got to make sure everybody's like good. Everybody's healthy. Again, if you have one player sick and he plays in a basketball game in a 48-minute basketball game and he's sick and he's positive, we are right back to square one. Forget it. You know what? Even erase the whole entire block itself. The puzzle's gone. You're you're done. Like throw it away. You have to wait till next year to even restart the season. Well, we're, I've seen several reports today. There are a lot, several different businesses that are checking their employees as they come into work. Yeah, you have to. Why and not? They're doing a temperature check. If you don't have a fever, you can work that day. If you have a fever, you're going home. Yep. No, because they don't want to. it to spread among their employees, and certainly not to any customers who may be coming in. So maybe it's a sim- similar thing. The NBA w- will be able to do. In an isolated location, run everybody's temperatures that morning and uh, before a shoot-around, make sure everybody's clear, and then you can play the game. But if you have one player or one staff member, assistant coach, ball boy, <laughs> have a, a, a fever, they're, they're out of there and limit their exposure. I think even if basketball were to come back, Eric, say June, mid-June, there's no fans. They're not going to allow fans. I think you're right. I think I think that's completely out of the question now. And I think you brought this up, or even I might have been Mr. Franson actually when I was talking to him. He said, "You know, it's 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 interesting if you can't." Um, how did he phrase it to me? Uh, having no fans, uh, it just 
how do you do it? Like, how do you make it happen with no fans? Is it, is it even possible? And uh, and it's a great it's a great point to bring up. Like, with no fans in an arena, can you honestly can you play a game? Playoffs included, by the way. Uh, Mark Teixeira, he weighed in a little bit on the Major League Baseball Love angle. This guy. Um, there's been some talk about playing games, resuming games for Major League Baseball, but at neutral sites. Because if you don't want to play games in these cities where it's really bad, so could that be a possibility for MLB? Tony Clark, the, the mouthpiece for the players, said it best. They'll play anywhere. Players will play in Timbuktu if you make a game there because it's all about getting as many games as possible for these players. These guys are used to playing in spring training and you know other places. It won't be a big deal for them to play neutral games. That's really true. That's the a great point by Mark. The execution of these neutral sites will be very interesting. When does it start? Does it start you know, early, you know, mid-November? Where exactly are the neutral sites? And I guarantee you there's going to be fights between different stadium owners and team owners about how do you split this revenue. So the questions are going to be how do you execute the neutral sites late in the season? Right, so if the season is delayed... Like it, well, it is. But if they opt to still run, we're going to still play a regular season, but it's going to be pushed back. Then you're going to be playing games in November, late November. So then you're looking at Florida, right? You're looking at Texas. You're looking at Arizona. Any place that can hold a baseball season without snow. Any domed arena. Yeah. That's oh yeah. That's right. Covered arenas. So okay. So that's a great point, Eric, because there's a ton of optional closed. Uh, baseball stadiums now. Milwaukee, Arizona, which would have been fine. Uh, holy cow, Miami's Seattle. another one. Seattle's one of them. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's at least 12, if I'm not mistaken. Houston's close. Houston's yeah. a big one. Yeah, Houston's a big one, too. Uh, as it's the Texas Rangers, I believe theirs is now a closed one. Minnesota is now a closed place. It can open and close. It has a retractable roof. Uh yeah, a lot of them made the adjustments on their building so they can have that to avoid rain delays. And they have been absolutely m- just monster helpful to uh, be able to keep games going on time. And now more than ever, they're going to need to be facilitated. But, that, but he also brings up another good point that financial costs, man, right? Team owners are going to be fighting over money here. Stadium revenue. Yeah, that that'll need to That's be sorted be out. That's going to be a big issue. That'll be need to be, that'll need to be sorted out because if you're the neutral site, if you're the host uh, arena, but your your team isn't involved, I mean the the teams that are involved, they deserve something. Yeah. So, but you, but again, you're hosting it. Yeah. I mean, you got to find the like the, you get concessions. Yeah, split it in three ways. But I don't know how you do that evenly and in a fair manner. I think it's right, too open hard. Open ticket sales to the. Uh, 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 you know, the visiting teams. Oh, that's actually, that's a good point. You have to allow some for your hometown fans who want to watch some baseball. Yeah. Uh, it can get worked out. I'm, I'm sure it can if people stop, if they're not greedy and don't complicate it. Yeah. For the that's, sake of getting these games played. But we're talking about egomaniac billionaire, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the problem yes, here. That's, is that's, a, that's, that's a huge true. issue. So then what uh, Rob Manfred needs to really control the situation. He needs to make sure... His hand and his voice is always in this in this boiling pot, explaining and hearing out, and explaining and hearing out these conversations to make sure that there's a fair shake 
between everybody involved. It's, whew, yeah, I'd hate to be any of those guys right now. All right, more to discuss coming up here on the Full Court Press. Uh, the NFL is making some news today. Mm, Their yeah, postseason is expanded. Um, and uh, what does that mean? Well, there's more talk about Jordan Love being a very, very high pick in this uh, the, the uh, NFL draft coming up next month. And some people think that's... Uh, I need him to go to be... one team and one guy says he ain't going there. Some people think it's great. Come Others on. People are misled on really what his abilities are. So what are the latest news and conversations surrounding Jordan Love? Uh, before we do that, let's hear what else is going on in the NFL this week. And on the other side, we'll discuss that and, uh, and, and hear what they have to say about Jordan Love. I'm Ryan Radke with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. NFL teams continue to adapt to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport says clubs are using video conferencing and other digital platforms to conduct meetings with prospects. Rappaport says that Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert had a video conference call with the Raiders on Monday. Herbert also previously spoke with the Chargers as well. The draft is still proceeding as scheduled beginning April 23rd. And the NFL owners are expected to have a conference call on Tuesday to discuss how the league is handling the coronavirus outbreak and will vote on several other important league changes, including expanding the playoffs. NFL Network's Judy Batista says the playoff measure is expected to pass and will require a three-quarter majority vote. For all the latest news, check out NFL.com and the NFL mobile app. And be sure to tune in to Total Access at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us on a Tuesday. Uh, By the way, Air Force, they have a new head basketball coach. They're bringing back Joe Scott. Yeah, how about that? It'll be his second time there. The guy who would always turn around when his players were shooting free throws so he didn't have to watch them. (laughs) Uh, He spent 29 years as a a coach, 16 seasons as a head coach overall. Um, Officially introduced today and announced today. Um, Their athletic director at Air Force Academy, uh, Nathan Pine, Said in a statement, he's a perfect person to re-energize our men's basketball program. He's a person of strong character, a leader who will continue to represent our core values at Air Force. He's also a championship-caliber coach who understands the academy, what we stand for, and he knows as well as anyone how to be successful here. Uh, he was 51-63 and 63 in his time at Air Force. He, he was the one who brought the Princeton offense to Air Force. During the 03-04 season, he went 22-7, lost to North Carolina in the NCAA tournament. But uh, he was spent time at Princeton, spent some time at Denver, was an assistant coach at Holy Cross and at Georgia, and now he's making his way back to Colorado Springs. Good for him. So there you have it. He just lost your best player, too, so one of your best players. Uh, Eric, I, I want to get to some Jordan Love stuff here in just a bit, uh, but we got to talk about this uh, uh, this NBA 2K tournament. Did you ha- hear about this? 
So there is a NBA 2K tournament, which is going to start on April 3rd on ESPN. Now, it is not the regular nerds and geeks who play Nintendo because they're in their mom and dad's basement and they have nothing else to do, like me. But this is real basketball players playing real, well, I guess playing NBA 2K basketball. So here's how it's seated. I don't know how they seeded this, but they did. First seed is Kevin Durant. Your two seed is Trey Young. Three seed is Hassan Whiteside. Four seed is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, five seed is Dem- Devin Booker. Uh, six seed is Andre Drummond. Seven is Zach Levine. Eight, Montrez Harrell. Nine, De- DeMontis Sabonis. Ten is DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Eleven is DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> Twelve is Michael Porter Jr. Thirteen, Rui Shah Shamira. Rui Hachimura. Yep. Uh, Fourteen is Patrick Beverly. Fifteen is Harrison Barnes. And sixteen is Derek Jones Jr. So... The opening round will be Kevin Durant and Derek Jones Jr. And then you got Trey Young and Harrison Barnes facing each other. Donovan Mitchell will take on Rui Hashimura. So that should be a good matchup. So they, they rank them based on their, their rankings because these are guys who play these. And as you play the game, you get ranked. You have a certain rating. And so uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell was doing NBA 2K with a very famous... Video game player just the other day mm-hmm. caught some news. Ninja. He's playing with Ninja. Yeah, I played Ninja a couple times. Yeah, he, I bet uh, you have. He dominated me. So anyway, Donovan Mitchell is high on this list, and it's a virtual tournament that it's going to be broadcast. <laughs> It'll be on ESPN. Yeah, dude. Watching NBA players play video games. I want to see someone chuck their controller. I want to know somebody's like me. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know what the best is? Is you just quit with like seven seconds left in the game and you you throw up a three or they throw up a three and you're like, you know what? Bam. Start button, quit menu, I'm done. I'm out. That would get you some ratings. Maybe maybe they set it up like that. They're like, hey, Derek, we want you to su- – Durant, we want you to suck. Keep it close. And then when we get to the final, like, the final shot, Derek – Quit out, and then Kevin Durant, I want you to throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> Just go nuts. Like, that would be so good. So, there is some skin in the game here. Oh, there is. Yeah, the winner, whoever wins this tournament, they'll get $100,000 that they can give to a charity. Of their choice? In support of coronavirus relief. Oh, nice. Efforts. Cool. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it says uh, there is mild language. Yeah, I would go ahead and just, but there's going to be strong language. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's gonna. I think Donovan Mitchell can make a run at this. He's a pretty good. Uh, he, he's a big gamer. I'd like to see his chances in it. I'm. Yeah, I know him and Royce and Ill have played every now and then, and so yeah, this could be fun. You April know, these, that's all these guys are doing in this lockdown. Oh, yeah. They're just sitting playing NBA 2K. So Derek, tell you like another video game. The like so when I was the manager for the USB football team, I brought I brought my PS2 with me, and I hooked it up in my hotel room, and. Um, I was playing a safety for Utah State. No, no, I was playing, uh, who is it? The running back. I can't remember his name. Uh, but I was playing a running back. And I was like, dude, I'm going to waste this guy. Like, I, I have been cruising through my franchise mode or collegiate career, whatever it is. And then I played him, and he beat me like 54 to nothing. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, do you guys have nothing better to do? And it just—it's crazy how good they are at these games. Yeah, I'd—I'd I'd get wasted. Well, they—they 
drink and sleep this stuff yeah. for real. So but I they ha- understand these coverages and you and I would have a better much better chance than we of do. beating Donovan Mitchell than we would be at beating Tom Brady in a, in a Madden game because there's so much more to Madden, like discover, like you know, disguises, blitzes, coverages, and they know and understand every inkle of it, every bit of it, every grass blade of it. They understand coverages, motions, you know, everything. And so you're like, what the fetch? In basketball, there's nothing to it. You're, they're playing man to man. You move the ball around. You give it to your best player. You take a jump shot, and if he's rated 99, you're gonna score. You're gonna have 60, <laughs> man. It's not that hard. <laughs> oh, that's cool though. April third, huh? I got some good stuff coming yeah, up. The tournament's gonna go for about a week. Yeah, a week. Yep, that's what it says here. So again, people are starved for sports content. So these players are starved for people sports will tune content. in to watch professional athletes play video games. Oh, I'm gonna watch. No. Uh, speaking of potential future uh, professional athletes, Jordan Love, he is going to be an NFL player. I, there's no question about that. The only question is when will he be drafted, where will he go, and by all accounts, he's going to be a first-round pick, but where will he go in the first round? How high will Jordan Love be selected? There seems to be some differing opinions out there based on potential versus production. and. Uh, some people in the NFL in NFL circles are saying the potential is what we should be focusing on, and we shouldn't be holding what happened in 2019 too much against Jordan Love. Todd McShay, he has consistently been very high on Jordan Love. Here's some of his comments uh, about quarterbacks in the draft. As you as you get further down the road, all right, I think it's always interesting to compare you and Mel. Mel, you could tell hated having Love as low mm-hmm. as he did. You've got four in the top ten, four quarterbacks in the top ten, including Love. How, how married are you to the idea that that's where this will end up? I, I'm not married to it. And I do think that Jordan Love is probably the least likely to be in the top ten, even though I've bet him. But I will say this. I think when we look back in five years, he could be the second or third best quarterback of this year's class. Everyone in the league is in love with Joe Burrow. I mean, he's the guy. Coming out of LSU, what he's done, just his background, his pedigree, how tough he is, how he played in the biggest games on the biggest stages. Tua Tungavailoa, they love him the same way. It's just, can he stay healthy? After that, though, it's a big drop-off, and there are a lot of different opinions. I mean, there are guys I talk to in the league that love, that love Herbert. They think that Herbert's going to be a great player. And there are some guys who are like, uh, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even go there in the first round and the same thing with Jordan Love. So it's going to be really interesting to see, especially now that some of the veteran quarterbacks are starting to move around and there aren't as many teams in the top 15 that really need quarterbacks, but we always see it happen. There's going to be a team or two that moves up because they're so afraid of entering next season without a quarterback that they can at least develop, hopefully become their starter. Uh, McShay has confidence. He's kind of toned back that little bet he made with Kuiper, you can tell, though. But he still has a lot of confidence in him. And then Dan Orslovsky, who's an ESPN uh, NFL draft analyst, um, is not high on on Jordan Love. Well, I saw a Twitter breakdown that he did this morning, and he was very high on Okay, well, he uh, maybe maybe he's just being a little bit too negative for me here. But uh, there's been talk that the Patriots, in fact, Eric, on Patriots.com, 
just three days ago, they, they put out their list. They update a list every week of who they think their top getters should go after, who they want to go after. They put number one, who? Jordan Love. Even though they have three quarterbacks right now on their depth chart, that Jordan Love would be a great fit for the Patriots. Mel Kuyper agreed to that, and he said, I'd love Jordan Love to the Patriots. I think Jordan Love fits it. Jordan Love gets it. He's got arm strength, cap mechanics, and all this, whatever else. Dan Orflowski comes out and says, hmm, uh-uh. I don't see Jordan Love to New England Patriots. A couple of reasons. So Bill Belichick and the Patriots just built the greatest two-decade dynasty on really players that were more built about the intangibles, the things that you can't measure, the players that were flexible or position versatility, super intelligent, crazy hard workers. Jordan Love as a player is a project. He's, he's, he's a talented athlete, very loose and wiry thrower of the football, and he's got these arm angles that are enticing. But he's a guy that you look at and go, are, are you in the mold of quarterbacks for Patriots? No. He's he's a guy that is, is uh, daring with the football, and he's going to put it in harm's way, and he's a little bit reckless as a player. And Bill Belichick just had Tom Brady, and everything about Tom Brady was the things that you can't see. It wasn't about the arm. It wasn't about the arm angles. It wasn't about the athleticism. It was about all the other things that are so hard to measure. And I don't see Bill Belichick going, you know what? I need to change the way that we've won for the past two decades, and I've got to go get a freak athlete type of thrower at the quarterback position. I see him finding somebody that fits their mold more than them changing the way they've done things. Okay. Uh, I, I've said this. I think Jordan would be best suited in a place where he he can play behind somebody. The yeah. pressure isn't on him right away, yeah. and he can acclimate and get NFL specific training. So, but I think he could be a good quarterback in the NFL. So here's my question: Do you think because Jameis Winston's gone, like they're they're going to get rid of him, or he's going to go, whatever the situation is going to be? Does Tampa Bay draft Jordan Love? They've got the 13th overall pick, man. Do they draft Jordan Love as a replacement behind Tom Brady when Tom Brady's ready to be said and done? Because he's probably, in all honesty, he's probably got two, maybe, maybe three years left. But at that point, we're talking about 45 years old, which, by the way, he said he wants to play till and then be done. But maybe two years if, he can, if the offensive line can take care of him. That gives Jordan Love ample of time. And with guys like Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin as receivers, and if they can get a running back who's going to continually get you yardage without and, and take pressure off the passing game, Jordan Love would be a great fit with Bruce uh, what's his? Arians? Yeah. I like it. Interesting. I think he's going to go in the top. I think he goes before Tua. I don't think Tua is a that healthy and b that good. Well, the the I keep saying the best case scenario Tua is Drew Brees. Yeah, that's best. But that's that's best a major case best scenario, case scenario. That's, that's more than you could have bargained for. It's it's less likely uh, that that's that's what he would be. Yeah, but I, I'm maybe just because. Jordan Love's involved in this, but I haven't paid so close attention to the top quarterbacks' potentials in the NFL draft as I have this year. Oh, yeah, it's because Jordan Love's in it. Yeah. 
It makes it fun. Yeah, it does. Where, where could he land? Where could he end up? Yep. Chargers, I think, are still a very possible oh, yeah. destination. Dude, the Chargers are in play. Honestly, the Las Vegas Raiders are in play. Uh, I think the Buccaneers are in play. There's a lot of teams, I think, that are sneaking and being secret, but trying to like, hey, what can we get to get to this guy? That's our future. But, I mean, they're not going to go out and say, hey, we're looking for Jordan Love. If you know of any way we can get him, let us know. Thanks, bye. You're, I think you're right. I don't think a team is going to go crazy just to go get him. Bingo. But if he's there when they're on the board. They're going to definitely take a good look at that board. Right. Yeah. I think you're right. Okay. All right, but there's additional news from the NFL. Expanded season or expanded playoffs. We'll get into that coming up next here the Full Court Press. Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Format for the 2020 season. The 14 team playoff field is now set. The league adds a playoff team in each conference. It reduces the number of buys in each conference. Eric France and AJ Salvis, and that was Adam Schefter. I don't like it. The, the playoff field has been expanded, more teams get to play. Why, why don't you like that? More teams? More games? Why? We we need more crappy teams in the playoffs? <laughs> now, granted, it, do you know what it will do? It's more more TV. Do you know what it will do? Is, I remember in 2008, the New England Patriots became only the second team in NFL history to go 11-5 and and not make the playoffs because they lost to the Dolphins and they got swept. Dolphins won the AFC East and because of the a backbreaker loss to the Steelers, the Patriots didn't make it at eleven and five, Eric. That shouldn't happen. This will solve it, but it also produces another problem. Jerry Jones was all about this this whole expansion. Why? Because his freaking teams finished at eight and eight, and they missed the playoffs. And he's like, <laughs> "We should be in the playoffs. We're five hundred. Yeah. No, you shouldn't be." But they're going to be in it. It does open the door for mediocre teams to get in. But honestly, that's what happens in the NBA. That's what happens in the NHL. Your bottom tier teams are usually. Just above mediocre. Now, Eric, with this, by the way, within the announcement itself, is that the games will be broadcast on CBS, but also on one of your favorite channels ever, Nickelodeon. Oh. With a separately produced telecast, it's going to be geared toward a younger audience. So I can only imagine how it's going to go. Yeah, like, like, I mean, how's that going to go? Like, Will the Rugrats come out and be your <laughs> halftime entertainment? <laughs> okay, hey, guys, Casey, okay, the guy in the jersey, he's going to run. He's going to run really, really fast. No, that's oh, not, who can catch It's him? not exclusively on Nickelodeon, is it? Like, if I want to watch that matchup, that's the only channel I can watch it on? Or will there be just like a simulcast? It'll be on CBS for the sports nuts, the people who really care, but it'll also be on Nickelodeon. To introduce younger audiences. Okay, so uh, from what I have read, Eric, this is just from what I'm reading. Uh, the way it has been worded is that the game will be on CBS, but also on Nickelodeon, geared toward a younger audience. Okay. I don't know how. Yeah. It is gonna, you know, in case you actually need to buy, I, I just read, uh, it, will be, it will be simulcast. Okay. So there will be a game on CBS, but that same game will be on Nickelodeon for all the younger kids, like your kids, who can watch the games. And do you know what? Now that you have younger kids, dude, they're going to want to watch the game on Nickelodeon. So it doesn't matter, Eric. 
you're still going to have to watch the game on Nickelodeon, man. You got kids? Hey, they want to watch the Nickelodeon version. So instead of hearing instead of hearing Jim Nance, you're going to hear SpongeBob. <laughs> SpongeBob. Uh, players will get more money because of these playoff well, I games. I hope so. But, Ajay, do you think we're going to – load management has become an issue in the NBA. Has huh. it become – an in, an, inch, an issue now in NFL should be, but it won't be. Should be because they need because look, football is a much more violent sport. They need to take care of their guys. This doesn't help. Yeah, that's yeah. They they won't because they want to go play, which is awesome. But it does put their players at more of a risk. But they're getting paid a very shiny penny for doing it. So, well, more more players get to go to the NF to the postseason. Yeah, more coaches therefore go to the postseason, so they get. Bonuses, or see, that's the thing. It keeps them from being fired. Yeah, I mean, but again, Eric, you're seven and eight, and you make the playoffs because they expanded it. It's not really great. You're getting off. Like it's 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 like an NCAA tournament team who gets in as a 15th seed. The the risk is making the playoffs, uh, expanding the playoffs. It diminishes the regular season, the importance of the regular season. I would agree, but I would absolutely agree with that. Same hand. It's football. We love football. We love to watch playoff football. So let's get more teams involved. Let's have more games to watch. And maybe we'll see Jordan Love on one of those teams next year. Oh, that'd be cool. So to be determined. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Stay safe. Be healthy. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NFL Draft will probably have excellent TV ratings no matter what format it's in, but it's a shame we don't get to see them put on that spectacle in Vegas. This just happens to be a juicy draft. you got plenty of quarterbacks and maybe the best wide receiving core we've seen in decades. Face it, when we talk about the draft and the prospects, we mostly pay attention to the skill position players. A highlight reel for wide receivers Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb whole lot more exciting than footage of a left tackle like Tristan Wirfs pass protecting. We also might have a quarterback heavy first round. You never know, but Joe Burrow and Tua Tonga-Vailoa are guarantees. Justin Herbert, probably a top five pick. And Jordan Love could go pretty high as well. There are plenty of other potential stars as well that could have had a great time in Vegas. I'm sure it's still going to be a great broadcast, but you can chalk the NFL draft up to another sports experience that just isn't quite the same. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.